Amen. Amen. Welcome. Welcome to Big Valley Grace Community Church. It's, it's good to be together today. It's really good to be together today. And, you know, I just want to share again what Pastor Brandon Peterson shared at the beginning of our service today. And that is this week, our, our church family, you know, we, we pivoted and we pivoted gracefully and we went into action to really make the most of the opportunities that are in front of us. And so we did something a little different this weekend. And the first thing that we did that's a little different is this moment right now where together we're really pouring our attention and our focus on you as a person who is a part of the online campus this weekend. The second thing that we did was we put some energy and some focus into serving those who will be a part of Church on the Field, which is happening Sunday at 9 a.m. this weekend. And we do this because we want to serve. We want to serve you. We want to serve our church family. We want to serve you as best as we can. And so each week, as new things come out, we're going to keep pivoting and we're going to pivot gracefully. And I'll talk more about that in a little bit. We're in a series that's about our name, and the way that this series was birthed was really an expression of what God is doing in a really beautiful way in the lives of the two co-senior pastors, Pastor Rick and myself. As we began to talk and we began to pray about what this series would be, it happened to be that God was placing it on Pastor Rick's heart to do a series about the name of our church, and God had been placing on my heart, stirring in me some things about our name and what it represents. And the two came together in a really beautiful way. Last weekend, Pastor Tim Gianosa on the Ceres campus and Pastor Rick Countryman on the Modesto campus, they taught through the first two words of the name of our church, and that is Big Valley. And Big Valley, it's really a picture of a desire for outreach, that we would understand that this big valley needs Jesus Christ and that this big valley is a target audience for us to go and to reach with the grace of Jesus Christ in community with this church. But what has been really beautiful in the history of Big Valley Grace Community Church is how the target audience of the big valley has grown from a physical location of the central valley to a location that is, uh, that's much broader than the Central Valley physically. But it hasn't just grown physically in a location broader than the Central Valley, it has also grown virtually in a location that is much broader. And, and now, each weekend, we reach all over the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, the saving message of faith in Jesus Christ and Him alone. And so when Pastor Rick Countryman during our offering moment this weekend is challenging you to partner with us in the ministry, it is the ministry to reach people with the grace of Jesus Christ in community with his church. And we're excited to do that. And as we look at our name, Big Valley Grace Community Church, I'd put it in a sentence and say, we want to reach the people of this big valley with the grace of Jesus Christ in community with his church. This weekend... We look at the next word, and that word is grace. We look at the word grace. And what I think is really cool about our name, 
is grace is in the center. Grace is at the center of our name. There's five words, and grace is the third word. It's at the center. And as my good friend, Pastor Chad Pippen, told me recently, he said, grace is our middle name. Grace is our middle name. And when you think about that, that grace is our middle name, that grace is at the center of our church name. And so it it gives us this question of, well, when we talk about this big, big valley that we wanna reach, what is it that we offer this big valley beyond the physical location of the central valley into the whole world, into the virtual valley, if you will? What do we offer people? We offer grace. We offer the grace of Jesus Christ. And we want grace to be at the center of everything that we do. And you might be thinking, but what about during this crazy time? There's chaos, there's tension, there's turmoil. There's changes and transitioning that is happening faster than we can keep up with it. How do we respond? Church family, I wanna invite you into a response of grace that we would respond and grace would be at the center of how we respond. Grace would be in the center. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse eight, it says this, and God is able to make all grace abound to you. So having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. What this passage teaches us is that grace, the grace that God has for us, it is enough. It's sufficient. It is enough for every situation. And it is enough for every moment. Grace is enough for you in every situation at every moment. Our culture is shifting. And at every turn, we must Pivot gracefully. Why? Because we have a job to do, church family. (laughs) We have a mission to accomplish. And that mission is to love God, to love people, and to make disciples. And that mission was given to us by our living Lord, Jesus Christ, who is our Savior. And the text that we're going to look at together today, it is about the person of Jesus I wanna encourage you to take your Bible and open up to the Gospel of John, chapter one. We're gonna look at the first 18 verses. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna read through them and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna unpack these 18 verses and we're gonna see really what this phrase, grace upon grace, which is the phrase that we find in this passage, what does it mean? What does it mean that we have received from Jesus Christ grace upon grace. I'm gonna pray for us as we begin today. Father God, Lord, I pray that your word would accomplish the work in this moment right now. Father God, Lord, may we be submissive to the presence of the Holy Spirit of God in our lives. Lord, would we bring honor to you in this moment, everything we say and do and think about and believe. Father God, would the name of Jesus Christ be lifted up and would it be lifted up in us so that when we 
as residents of wherever we are, Lord, that you would use us as a resident in the location you've placed us to reach people with the grace of Jesus Christ in community with this church. And so, Father God, I pray this in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, and all God's family said, amen. John chapter one, verse one, says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was God. The word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Right here, we are seeing that Jesus, he is the eternal God, and he's the eternal God of grace. In verse three, it says, all things were made through him, that's Jesus, and without him, without Jesus, was not anything made that was made. That means there's no hidden corner of the universe that Jesus was not a part of creating. There's no hidden moment in time or hidden circumstance that you will enter into that Jesus does not know is happening. Jesus is the creator of all. Verse four, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. We see here God now intersecting with humanity. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And as God shows up, incredible things happen. We'll unpack this more as we get to that verse. And then we get very specific to talk about John the Baptist in this passage. It says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. And he came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. And he was in the world, and the world was made through him. The world was made through Jesus, the true light. Yet the world did not know him. And he came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But, ah, when but shows up in the scriptures, you need to pay attention. Because when God places a but in the scriptures, it means something was happening, and then God enters into the situation and the situation changes. It says, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of human flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we've seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. We see in this moment that Jesus is the one who reveals the glory of God to us. Verse 15, it says, John bore witness about him and cried out, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. For from his fullness, we have all received, and then here's the phrase, grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, And grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. It's talking about Jesus. Jesus has made God known. It's incredible. It's an incredible passage. And there's more in this passage than we'd be able to enjoy together today. 
So what I want to do is I want to get, I want to really hone in. Hone in on one phrase, one verse that's going to unpack a framework for us to look at this passage together. And the phrase that really sums up this entire passage, I think, is found in verse 16. And it's the phrase, grace upon grace. Grace upon grace. In other words, not just grace, but grace and then more grace. Grace and then abounding grace. What Jesus has brought to us is the grace of God and the grace of God. It says in verse 16, it's summing up the action of God from his fullness, from the fullness of Jesus Christ, we have all received grace upon grace. So how? How did Jesus give us grace? Well, we want to look at four ways. Four ways that we have received grace upon grace. And I'm going to tell you what those four ways are right now. And then we're going to walk through. The first is existence. And then purpose. And then opportunity and relationship. Existence, purpose, opportunity, and relationship. Way number one is existence. We see this in verses three through five. You see, from start to finish, in existence, God has been gracious to you. And we see this really clearly laid out in these verses. In verse three, we see that Jesus is the creator. Jesus is the creator. It says that all things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. All things were made through him and without him was not anything that was made. I want you to look at this first. This, this, this word right here, through him. See that? Through him. We need to consider what the phrase through him means. You see, in this moment, Jesus is eternal God. God the Father is eternal God. God the Holy Spirit is eternal God. And it's saying that everything that was made was made through Jesus, eternal co-creator God, Jesus, the action of God as a whole is flowing through Jesus as a mediator in creation. Think about what that means. Jesus, he made it all. He made it all. And God, when dealing with creation, God's always the initiator. We never initiate. And God takes action through Christ and he initiates creation and we are the result. It made me think of Ephesians 2.10. In Ephesians 2.10, it says that we are the workmanship or the craftsmanship of God. And I want you to think about for a moment that you are the workmanship, the craftsmanship of God. You see, because if you are the workmanship and the craftsmanship of God, if Jesus is the creator and you're a part of his creation, then what that means is that as the worker and as the crafter, Jesus has made you and you are his craftsmanship, his workmanship. You are his work of art. You are a work of art. And if you are a work of art and Jesus is the one who has made you, 
as a work of art, wouldn't that make you a masterpiece? And if you are a masterpiece, you are a masterpiece of creator Jesus. As a masterpiece, don't you think it's amazing that the master desires a piece of the master to be in you? That as a masterpiece, a piece of the master would be placed in you. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit of God. When the Holy Spirit of God seals you as a believer. It's what Jesus wanted for you. And so as the creator and the master of your life, Jesus wanted the signature of God to be on you. And so as you place your faith in Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, for the forgiveness of your, your sins and for eternal salvation, the Holy Spirit of God is like the creator signing his masterpiece on your life. One of the ways that Jesus has shown grace upon grace in your life is through existence. And he is the creator. It goes on to say, that Jesus is life in verse four. It says, in him was life and the life was the light of men. In him was life. Jesus is the source of life. Believer, you exist because Jesus has been gracious to you to invite you to experience real, true life. He is life. And in the same way that when you understand that Jesus is your creator, that it informs your self-image, it informs how you see yourself, it informs how you value yourself because you recognize that there's something bigger going on than you. And your self-image is informed by creator God, the master who's made a masterpiece. In the same way as when you understand that Jesus is your creator, it informs your self-image. When you understand that Jesus is your life, it is gonna inform your purpose. Because if Jesus is your life, then your life is to be about Jesus. And Jesus as your life It is what helps you understand what direction should your life go. It should go towards the purpose of Jesus because your life is in him. It goes on to say that Jesus is light. And we see at the end of verse four that it says that Jesus is the light of men. And then we get into verse five and it says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. So Jesus, he shows up He is creator, he is life, he is light. And as Jesus shows up in light, something incredible happens. One, his light shines. The light of Jesus Christ always shines. The light of Jesus Christ always shines. It never goes out, it never goes dim. The light of Jesus Christ always shines. And when the light of Jesus Christ shines, the light of Jesus Christ always overcomes. The light of Jesus Christ always shines and it always overcomes. And when the light of Jesus Christ intersects with your life, it shines through you and it overcomes the darkness that it finds. It's why Jesus in Matthew chapter five, verse 16, he says, let your light shine 
let your light shine. He's saying, let the light of me shine through you so that people may see your good works and they may glorify your Father who is in heaven. Jesus shines and Jesus overcomes and Jesus is the light. This is an incredible uh, illustration here of light and darkness because what the gospel of John, the writer John, is doing here is he's using something that is natural. It's a natural reality to explain something that's a spiritual reality. And it's so easy to understand. When the sun comes up, the darkness goes away. When you turn a light switch on in your house, the darkness goes away. When you turn the lights on on your car, the darkness goes away. Even children understand this concept, which is why children love to play with flashlights. Because when they turn on a flashlight, the darkness goes away. And it doesn't matter who's hiding where. When a child shines the flashlight on them, the darkness flees. And the light shines and the light overcomes. And that is who Jesus is. Jesus shines and Jesus overcomes. When we understand this, it really should inform our effectiveness our effectiveness, because Jesus desires for his light to shine and overcome through you. He wants you to be effective as a light that is shining brightly for him. The first way that Jesus gives us grace upon grace is through existence. And you exist because Jesus has given you grace upon grace grace. And when we think about our church and we would think about our name, grace needs to be at the center of Big Valley Grace Community Church. We need to remember that grace is our middle name and grace needs to be at the core of everything we do. Way number two is purpose. Way number two is purpose. This passage goes from real huge generalities to something very specific here regarding John the Baptist. And in verse six, we see this example in John the Baptist. It says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. And as we get real specific here, we wanna glean some things about how purpose intersects with our life. And the first thing is, is that I am known. John was known by God. God knows John's name and God knows your name. God knows you. In Luke chapter 12, verse seven, it says, even the hairs on your head are all numbered. And I just imagine, you know, someone's job in heaven is counting hairs. You know, some of you make that a difficult job. Some of you make that a really easy job. I, I kind of think that God decided to do color by number with me. That's how he was going to account for the hairs on my head. But God knows you. You are known by God. In Psalm 139 too, it says that God knows when you sit down and he knows when you rise up. Do you like to stay up late at night? God knows that. Do you like to get up early in the morning? God knows that. Or are you like the adolescent males who live in my home and you love to sleep in till the crack of 2 p.m.? God knows that. God knows when you sit down and he knows when you rise up. You are known by God and you are known by God for a purpose and that purpose is grace. You are known by God 
for the purpose of grace. We see in verse, verses seven through eight, we see how God explains that John the Baptist is a witness and we can understand from that ourselves that we are to be a witness. I am to be a witness and you are to be a witness. It says, he, John the Baptist, came as a witness to bear witness about the light and that light is Jesus. That all, and that all is us, that, that's we, that we might believe through him. He, John the Baptist, was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. You see, grace shows up in our lives for a purpose. There's a purpose of why God gives you grace. And we see that God shows grace on John the Baptist. We see that God shows grace on him and gives him a purpose that he is known and that he was to be a witness. We see in Isaiah chapter 43, verse one, something really incredible. God's speaking to his people and he says to his people, I have called you by name. God calls his people by name. But then we see in the same verse and in verse 12, he says, you are to be my witnesses. So God calls his people by name and then he calls them into something and that is to be a witness for him. In Matthew chapter 10, we see that Jesus, he calls the apostles by name. He, he handpicks them. He calls them by name. And the scriptures record all 12 of their names. He called them by name. And we see in the same verse in Matthew chapter 10 that Jesus then, he asked them to go and bear witness. That the power of Jesus would flow through them as they go and they meet people. You are a witness for a purpose. And the purpose of you being a witness is regarding the grace of Jesus Christ. We see then in Matthew chapter 10, where he calls the apostles by name, he has them become a witness. We also see in that same very chapter that Jesus then sends them out. He sends them out. And that's the next thing we're gonna look at is that John the Baptist was sent, that I am sent, that you are sent, that we see this in verse six through eight. It says, there was a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. Why? 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 What is the purpose? What's the purpose of your life? What's the purpose of my life? It's to give God glory. He knows you. He wants you to be a witness. He wants to send you out. He has purpose for you. And that purpose is the grace of God. And as we think about our church, Big Valley Grace Community Church, grace has to be at the center. We gotta understand what our purpose is. We gotta really own that grace is our middle name. You have purpose because you have received grace upon grace from Jesus Christ. Way number three is opportunity. We see this in verses nine through 13. And really, as we look at that, we look at this, this is the opportunity of a lifetime. This is the opportunity of a lifetime. Jesus Christ is inviting you in to an opportunity of a lifetime. We see in verse 12, the first part of that opportunity is to receive Jesus. In verse 12, it says, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Let's unpack this. The first thing is to receive Jesus. To receive Jesus for what? To receive Jesus for who he is. To receive Jesus as he is. He is fully God, and he is fully man. And he was sent 
from the glories of heaven to come and to serve you, to be a sacrifice for you. And the question is, Jesus, as he comes from heaven, as he comes to earth to serve, to serve you, are you willing to receive him for who he is? The second thing is to believe. To believe in Jesus. We look at verse 12 again here. But all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You see, the Son of God was sent by the Father God to bring the grace of God to the children of God. And the question is, do you believe it? Do you believe that that happened? Do you believe that that occurred? You see, believing in Jesus, this is the key. It is the key that unlocks the whole opportunity of a lifetime that is in front of you. And so my question, my challenge, my encouragement would be, have you placed your faith in Jesus? Do you want to place your faith in Jesus? Place your faith in Jesus. Place your faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Do not miss out on this opportunity to trust in Jesus Christ as both your Lord and your Savior. This week, as I was driving, there's a bus stop in my neighborhood. And I was sitting at a stoplight, and I saw a woman, and she was dressed for work, and she was running towards the bus stop. And that bus pulled away, and she didn't make it. And I thought, that's a bummer, because she's going to have to wait a really long time for the next bus to come. I just want to give you an encouragement. Don't miss the bus. Don't miss the bus on this. This is the opportunity of a lifetime to place your faith in Jesus Christ, to receive him, to believe in him. This is the opportunity of a lifetime, and don't miss the bus. Place your faith in Jesus Christ, because when you do, we get to number, or the letter C, and that's to be born of God. We see this again in verse 12 and 13, to be born a child of God. It says, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. God sees you as his child. That's what he wants for you. He wants for you to be his child. He wants for you to know him as father and for you to understand yourself as his child. We've all had an opportunity for physical birth, but this is an opportunity for spiritual birth. It is, it is an opportunity for you to have a new spiritual life in Jesus Christ. You see, Physical birth is an act of common grace. We've all experienced it. But spiritual birth, it's very specific. And it's very specific to you and what you choose to do with the person of Jesus Christ. And he's inviting you to receive Jesus, to believe in Jesus, that you might be born as a child of God. One of the things that is amazing about children is children, they take advantage of all the rights that are availed to them. And in one of the ways that I think we see children 
really taking full advantage of all the rights that they have as a child of God is when children play. Because when children play, it's like the cares of the world are not present. They're not worried. They're not stressed. They're not anxious. They are experiencing freedom. Freedom to be who they are meant to be. And I want to encourage you that you would really lean into the freedom that God has for you. Because he's designed you. You're a work of art. You're a masterpiece. And he's designed you to really live in freedom as a child of God. And I want to encourage you to place your faith in him, to trust in Jesus Christ, to understand that you're his masterpiece because he wants, again, to place a piece of the master in you. He desires for you to have the Holy Spirit of God be the seal on your life, to sign your life as a person who is the work of God a work of art at the hand of the master. Way number three is opportunity. It's opportunity to receive, to believe, and to be born a child of God. And you have the opportunity because Jesus has given you grace upon grace. And when we think about our name, Big Valley Grace Community Church, we need to remember that grace is at the center and it needs to be at the core of everything we do. And we really step into owning grace as our middle name. The fourth one, I'm gonna give you real briefly here, and that is relationship. Way number four that Jesus gives you grace upon grace is through relationship. And as we look at verses 14 through 18, it unpacks relationships. The first relationship it unpacks is with the Son of God. With the Son of God. It says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we've seen His glory. Glory is the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about Him and cried out, This was He of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because He was before me. Jesus Christ is a relationship that you have access to because Jesus has decided to give you grace upon grace. The next relationship we see is with the Holy Spirit of God. It says, for from his fullness we've received grace upon grace. And though this passage doesn't name the Holy Spirit of God, I would encourage you to look at John, uh, further on in John. Uh, specifically, it is John chapter 15. Uh, and you'll see that Jesus says real specifically in John 15, he says that he's going to give the Holy Spirit of God. He's going to give the Holy Spirit of God as a gift, a gift to you. It's a relationship gift. It goes on in this passage to talk about the relationship we have with the Holy Word of God. In verse 17, it says, For the law was given through Moses, and grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus is the living Word of God, and the Word of God, it points us into a relationship with Jesus and then the passage goes on to talk about how we can have a relationship with God the Father. And we see this in verse 18. No one has seen, ever seen God. However, the only God, it's talking about Jesus now, the only God who's at the Father's side has made him know. So no one has ever seen God. No one has ever seen God, but the only God, Jesus, who's at the Father's side, he has made God known. You see, God's grace has been poured out to you 
God's grace has been poured out to you and God's grace is inviting you into relationship, into relationship with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and that the Holy Word of God would be used in an incredible way in your life to bring you, to invite you into relationship. You have opportunity for relationship because Jesus has given you grace upon grace. When we think about our name, Big Valley Grace Community Church, when we think about who it is that we wanna reach in the Big Valley, whether it be the Central Valley, the physical location and beyond, or whether it be the the virtual valley and beyond, when we think about who we wanna reach, when we think about who we are as people who wanna reach other people, grace is at the center. Grace is at the center. It's at the core of it all. And I would encourage you, church family, let's own grace as our middle name. Jesus has given us grace upon grace. Four ways, in our existence, in our purpose, in our opportunities, and in our relationship with him. I wanna encourage you to where you are, whether you're in your residence or you're in another location, I wanna encourage you right now just to close your eyes. You would close your eyes in this moment, you would bow your head, you would bow your heart, and you would allow that this would be a moment between you and the God of grace. And what I wanna encourage you right now is to do one thing, and that is to welcome God's grace in your life that you would welcome it. That as your eyes are closed, your head is bowed, your heart is humbled before God Almighty, that you would say to God, God, I welcome the grace upon grace that you have for me. I welcome it. I want it. I want the grace upon grace that you have for me. And would you tell God that right now? Tell him you want his grace. Church family, we'll close in prayer together. Father God, Lord, we humble our hearts. We humble our heads and our bodies before you. And God, we say thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you that it was the desire of God the Father to give the gift of God the Son to bring grace upon grace to us and that you would seal that gift with God, the Holy Spirit, and that the whole person of God is so intimately united and active in bringing grace to us. And so Lord, as your kids, we welcome your grace. And as your church, we welcome your grace. And may you make it true about us that grace is at the center, that grace is at the core of who we are. Would you help us really live in such a way that we'd recognize grace is our middle name. Lord, we love you. And we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, who has given us grace upon grace. And all God's family said, amen. Church family, we love you. We love you, we love you, we love you. And we look forward to seeing you real soon. God bless.